It's March 11th. Y2K and Mixed Business by Beck is number 36 on the Billboard Modern Rock Chart. Welcome to Tell Me All Your Thoughts on Pod. I'm Trav. I'm Al. I'm Quillen, and this is a podcast where we talk about every song that reached number one on the Billboard Modern Rock chart in the 1990s, beginning with Kurt Cobain's death in April of 1994. Before digging into the 1998 number ones, we've decided to spend some time discussing some non-number ones from this era that are worth highlighting. Today we'll be talking about Mixed business. Mixed business. <laughs> Today we'll be talking about mixed business from Beck's seventh album. Seventh album, Midnight Vultures. Uh, Trav, why'd you choose this song? Uh, I don't know. It seemed interesting. Um, <laughs> you always pick the um, highest ranked songs, too. Highest uh, on the charts. Really? Do these? No, I don't. No, you pick the low, the low, the low. Yeah, boys. yeah. I, 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 I try to aim for something that is maybe a little more uh, like unexpected. And, um, I think this is it. Like uh, the hit from this album is probably sex laws, uh, which is great, but, um, I don't know. We could, we could have talked about that too, but this was for whatever reason, this was hitting me more. Um, I was really excited about it at the time and, uh, coming back to it to be able to evaluate it. Um, it was, uh, it sort of affirmed my my decision. Like I was like, yeah, this is this is great. Um, it is unlike anything else. Um, mm-hmm. I don't. I, I I wanted to pick something that that doesn't sound like anything else, and I think this is a good example of that. I mean, even going back, like you could pick a song from Odalay, but like everybody knows the Odalay singles. I think that's been covered. Mm-hmm. Like if you like back, you probably know about that um but i think this is maybe a really like fertile um beck album that has like there's a lot to be mined from this that Mm -hmm. uh doesn't uh, get the attention that it deserves so i i wanted to pick something from this album um if not just to share with other people maybe just for me like i i think that 
I, I don't know enough about Midnight Vultures, despite having owned it, um, that I, I just I, I really wanted to focus on it for a little bit and talk about it. That's great. Cool. I don't know. Do, do you guys have like uh, I like so this is a weird it's a weird album because I think I think it's controversial one like I think people maybe loved it maybe hated it maybe somewhere in between maybe they didn't take it seriously um what what were your impressions of it when it came out i'm not i'm not even necessarily so focused on the song at this point but like what do you think about midnight vultures what's the first thing that comes to mind when you think about that uh quillen oh you're putting me on the spot yep uh yeah i i don't even know how to answer it i was so unaware really of this album um i mean i i was aware of it um i couldn't remember any of the singles like when you proposed this song just thinking off the top of my head i i couldn't name a single i i couldn't think of think of it at all so when i when i was listening to it of course sex laws i immediately remembered like i remember that as a hit um, I remember hearing it on the radio. I don't think I had an opinion of it when I was a kid. I think it was just like, that's a song that I've heard. Um, I didn't like it. I didn't dislike it. Um, now, you know, now I, I would say it's a, it's a nice song. Um, and then th- that was it. That was all that I, all that I knew. Um, I didn't recognize anything else from this, uh, at all. And, uh, you know, we can get more into current thoughts when you want, but um, yeah, I, I did not have a relationship with this album in the least as sure. a as a as a kid. I mean, at this point, this came out in '99, so I'd have been a freshman or a sophomore in high school. Um, this this particular single was out in what, March 2000 was or when it peaked. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't remember ever hearing this on the radio or anything. So you were coming yeah, off Tropicalia, which you loved. Loved. Yep. And mm-hmm. you weren't necessarily interested in the follow up or you were just maybe focused on other things. I, I, I was really focused on other things for sure. Um, I try, you know, I, I had mentioned that with Tropicalia, um, it sounded like a, a huge outlier um, on the radio. And it also like with the horns and stuff, like I was listening to Scott at the time. So it kind of made sense, um, that I would like it. Um, at this point I was probably pretty hard in Radiohead zone and also emo. Um, I was really into sad guitar rock. Um, so I wasn't really like (laughs) looking for like retro futuristic funk like whatever you want to you know like this was like so out of my um realm that at at this point that yeah i was just like you know sex laws was like whatever um not really looking for something like that right now this is not dear ephesus (laughs) christian emo no no (laughs) okay just joking 
Al, what what uh, what was your impression back then? This this was a big album for my friends and me, and I hesitate to say that we took it seriously. Although I think we thought it was really musically accomplished, it was just like it was such a big part of our sense of humor. There was a a part of high school, like my junior senior year, like a couple of years after this album had come out, that um, we had something called a Friday Night Shakedown, <laughs> which I don't know if that name came from one of our friends or if it came from somewhere else but it started with like it became a ritual that we would all like we would get together and we would like just do these like goofy dances this is uh before the days of tiktok we didn't you know <laughs> videotape this or anything but uh, it all started with all night diner by modest mouse like that became like a ritual that on friday we would like celebrate the weekend by like dancing uh to all night diner and then like pretty quickly there were like a couple other variations of that. And like almost all of them came from this album, mostly sex laws and get real paid. But like this whole thing, we just thought it was like hilarious. We thought it was really clever. Um, I don't know. It just seemed to like fit our personalities. So we listened to it a lot. And, and I think for a long time after that, the album was good enough that it was like very much my favorite Beck album. And now, um, I really enjoy listening to the first half of it. Mm. Um, and it still makes me laugh. I think it's it's funny more than anything, but it's really clever and it's dense. I mean, it's, um, the influences are cool, especially when there's a little bit of that kind of like 80s electro thing tossed in with the 70s blue-eyed soul. Um, that uh yeah i i i still really enjoy it that's fascinating um this is um <clears throat> i'm i'm interested in the fact that as high schoolers you thought it was uh funny because mm-hmm. it's such a horny album it's <laughs> such a horny mm-hmm. like kinky album and i think there's like I think Beck was wise enough to recognize that there's no other way to present that. Like you can't just do that as like, like some corny white dude um, without like undercutting it with a little bit of humor, with a lot of Mm -hmm. humor. And he did it really well with this album. Was that part of like your uh, understanding of the album or your like interpretation of the album? Yeah, I mean, that whole, like, in Deborah, you know, the whole idea of, like, doing a slow jam where you mentioned JCPenney and Step Inside My Hyundai, mm-hmm. like, that kind of idea of, like, taking these, like, words that are sort of indicators of, like, a very kind of square, boring kind of moderation, like... Of like, you know, it's a very reasonable car, a Hyundai, JCPenney. <laughs> it's a very reasonable place to go shop, you know. But like, yeah. putting it in the context of this like excessive, um, you know, uh, like like t- taking the same language that you're taking the the style in which someone would like, you know, be singing about their Bentley or their rims or whatever, and doing that about a Hyundai was like that was like that was that was the highlight to us that was the funny thing thing. 
Like you say that this sounds like nothing else, but I feel like I can connect it to a lot of other things. I think the guys in office space listening to Damn It Feels Good to Be a Gangster while they're like, you know, whatever, whatever they're doing, you know, busting up the copy machine with baseball bats or whatever, like that fits very much with this. I made a little list um, just to 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 talk about, I don't know, connections to other things. These are mostly things that came after, but. Um, for people who probably love this album and we'll see if this kind of gets at some of this, uh, number four, Andre 3000. Hmm. Like, I feel like this is very much in the same universe as like some of those funny. Yeah. The love below outcast songs. Sure. Yeah. Um, or, or, or on, uh, on Stankonia or, um, or whatever. Okay. Uh, number three, Eric Wareheim. I feel like it's like a great tragedy of history that Eric Wareheim did not get to make a music video for this album because I feel like this oh. is like this is like his thing exact. Well, I don't know. Not uh, we're gonna get more exact. Number two, uh, Kevin Barnes. Yeah, basically the yeah, whole definitely. Georgie Fruit character <laughs> is of is, Montreal. Yeah, right. Yeah, yes. yeah. Uh, Skeletal Lamping is just a slightly more demented, yeah. faster moving version of this. But number one. Jermaine Clement of Flight of the Concords. This is like where his entire shtick comes from, yeah. I think. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so one of the band members was like the guy who wrote music for Flight of the Concords, right? Yeah, there's a there's an, a, an actual connection yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah, right on. I mean, I think that's, that's pretty accurate. Um, I had... Um, found a couple of quotes from reviews based on the uh, (laughs) Wikipedia article um, that I thought were really interesting. They were like sort of like uh, contradictive sort of um, quotes. And uh, the first one, so like one's positive, one's negative. And I think it sort of represents how you could approach this album. The first one is from Stephen Thomas Erlewine from uh, All Music. And he said that the songs were tight, catchy, and memorable. Uh, The production was dense, and the uh, awkward, misguided shift in tone of Hollywood freaks gives the rest of the album the impression that for all the ingenuity, it's just a hipster joke. And I think that that's Mm -hmm. fair, Mm-hmm. And like a measured sort of like approach to like listening to the album. And then we get Chris Gow, who the more I hear about this guy, Jesus, he, he's so <laughs> irritating. Yeah, he's really boring. <laughs> he and, really and is. So he says that he felt um, that uh, Beck's problem isn't that he tries to be funny but that his jokes are as forced as his horn charts. (laughs) Um, uh, 
And he gave it a one-star honorable mention rating, remarking that it does eventually get funky if anyone cares but me. I don't know. He just seems like such a curmudgeon about yeah. everything that's like what cool this guy or interesting. Know? What does he know about what's funny or not? I don't like, know. Well, why did anybody who called him the dean of rock critics? He sucks. Like when it, I, I don't know. I, I find yeah. myself like increasingly irritated about every time I read anything from Chris Gow. Um, so let's talk for a second about Hollywood freaks. Yeah. Unless you're. I no, mean, no. To let's, me, let's. it's like it's like the most explicitly funny song on the album, but it it, it does feel like. At that moment, I start wondering if the whole album is meant as a joke. So like, you know, just, yeah, yeah. Just like a few minutes of this is like, yeah, I get that you can kind of work this in and it's okay. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not super bothered by it. I don't love it, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it doesn't disrupts things to the point where uh it makes me disregard the whole album i don't know what yeah. what was your thought about it uh just that like it it gets i think explicitly jokey for the f- maybe for the first time where it, like it seemed like it's the first track that like it seems like the humor is the main point they even like i don't know if it's beck who's who's shouting so the track starts with someone with a lisp saying what say what uh, I think that's back. And then this uh, this all comes back. It's sampled later. And someone screams, uh, from what I can tell, he my nun. Yeah, something like that. I couldn't like tell that. if it was he my dog, he my nug. Uh, oh my I looked God. around on the internet, and, and some people seem to think that it was he my nun. But you can hear, like, n- multiple people in the studio cracking up if you listen with headphones. <laughs> um, like, like, within seconds of, like, that that happening in the song. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just explicitly funny and I, I don't mind that. Um, but I see how somebody could like say, use that song to kind of judge like, okay, this whole thing is kind of like a condescending, like, or like it might feel like it's parody, you know, rather than its own thing or, or a love letter to this era of music or whatever. Yeah. So I'm going to take. Chris Gow's side here. What what is funny about that? Hot milk, mm, tweak my nipple. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I just think it's pretty funny. Uh, I don't know. Um, that's the same song where he's saying hot dogs and no does, hot sex and back rows. It's just there's just a, a funny juxtaposition mm-hmm. of things that are sexy and things that aren't sexy mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, you know, uh, what, what, uh, what, what, Christmas in July, um, what else does he name check in that song? I don't, I don't remember. There's, but. there's like basically no other way to make sexy music than to wink about it. 
Yeah. Yeah. At, at, at this point, because like, I mean, like, do you want him to be earnest? Do you want him to really make like an R. <laughs> Kelly album in 1999? <laughs> right. Like, it's not. It's not gonna work. So I think he was wise enough to know that, and I, I sort of appreciate that about this album. Yeah, I mean, let's. Uh, we have the song "Mixed Business." That's the focal point of the episode here. <laughs> um, what did you guys think about it? Did you do, did it stand out relative to other songs on the album in any way? Not for me. Okay. Not no. not for me either. Really, it's kind of part of the most successful section of the album, but it just kind of feels like an example of what the album does at its best. Um, I probably personally like get real paid or nicotine and gravy stands out to me more, but, uh, but it's good. I, I like, I like mixed business. You know, I, I shared with you guys that remix by Cornelius. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I liked that like 100 fold compared to, hmm. to the song. Um, yeah, just there wasn't really much. Uh, to, I I don't think it was a bad. I don't think that it was a a really bad song or anything like that. It was just like was not memorable or I yeah I I'm struggling even now to like remember what it <laughs> sounded like. Yeah, because yes, and I I don't fair. have mm-hmm. like I don't have that history with it either. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I said earlier, like I was like so clueless on this album. So you know like listening for this episode was really the first time I'd ever listened to the album. So, you know, I, 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 yeah. So I, um, have worked to cut, uh, caffeine out of my life. And Mm. I, um, every once in a, maybe once a week, I'll have one unit of caffeine. And this morning on my way to work, I had a diet Mountain Dew and listened to this song. And I think I drove 90 miles an hour to work. <laughs> I was so pumped. I was like, yeah. this fucking rocks. This is so that's, great. It's, that's it's probably the main thing that distinguishes it is the energy level. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, such a, it's such a like a factory of energy between the drums and then like the, the guitars, like the way that they're like. The strings are struck in such a percussive way that it's like every, like everything is doing something and in, in different levels. And it comes it all equals out to something that is so much bigger than the sum of its parts that like I was really like floored by listening to all of it. It was it was such a uh, I was so stoked to listen to it this morning. Um <laughs> And I like that's the best thing I can say about it is just like, man, like the guitar part on top of the drum part, which. Incredible note um, that I looked up uh, is sampled. Do you know do you know what the drums are sampled from from the song? Mm -mm. Alec. Um, I'm guess I'm just going to just be safe. Because you're 
asking this as if it's something that we could come up with an answer to. I'm just going to say Funky Drummer. It is a sped up version of Honky Tonk Women. Ah. (laughs) Which blew my mind. My mind. I was just like, there's no way that's that's wrong. And then I listened to it and I was like, oh, my God, that's it. <laughs> Is there a lot of cowbell? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Okay. So it all it all just kind of like comes together. And um, man. Yeah. Uh, this is a, a a type of song that is rare for me. I think it reminded me of like you and not you. Maybe more than anything else, uh, the DC like kind of punk funk bands, um, like Power Era, their third, maybe. third album, maybe yeah, in how it just all works together. Everybody's doing their job independently of each other, but it all works in a collaborative sense that uh, just builds it up um, in a, in a, a great way. So yeah. Um, I don't know, man. The, it, it's a really cool uh, vibe between all of the instruments, the guitar, bass, drums, and then vocals and the rhythm of the the melody that's happening there is uh, is pretty great. Hearing that about Honky Tonk Woman and thinking about how much that must have been sped up uh, makes me excited to, to listen to it again. Yeah. And, and yeah. I think I'll enjoy that. Um, I guess I want to throw back to this point where, like, my introduction to this was either it was it was watching it was watching Beck perform one of these songs. It might have been Sex Laws. It might have been this. It might have been something else. It might have been Deborah, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was either on SNL or on Sessions at West Fifty Fourth, which is I think on PBS. And there is definitely a video on YouTube of the sessions at West 54th from back performing in like 1999 or 2000 and the songs from this album. And he's, man, he's like, he's not Prince, but he's like, he's, he's doing his Prince impression and it's pretty awesome. It's very much uh, a door from sign of the times. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, He's singing and he's dancing. He's a great dancer. He is. Yeah. And I think that's like an underrated part of his whole performance. Like, yeah, man, just sitting and like watch him like perform and like, you know, do the twirls and the splits and everything like that pop up. And he's he's very cool. Little robot stuff. Pop and lock. Yeah. Um, Deborah's good. Oh, man. Deborah's so good. Yeah, and that was I in in high school. That was so funny. It was funny. The uh, yes, I want to get with you and your sister. I think her <laughs> name's Deborah. Yeah, like that was that was hysterical to us when we were like seventeen years wow. old. I don't think I, I ever. Never, la- you never occurred to you that Deborah was funny. I, I mean, I guess it was like quote unquote funny, but I think by the time I loved it, I was just like, this song is incredible, uh-huh. and I recognize that it is funny but i never laughed i just loved huh. it you know like i put it on mixes like throughout college because i loved it so much yeah 
I, I will say um, this is my last, uh, it, really my only negative thing to say about the album is there's a kind of a point in bet- somewhere in between uh, Hollywood Freaks and Deborah where like th- the concept just kind of dies out for three or four songs yeah. on the second half. And it's just, it's kind of just like a, it, you're just listening to a back album. Um, but I, I, I I'm kind of hard pressed to think of, if you think of this as a concept album, I don't know if you should think of it as a concept album, but m- most albums that have this distinctive of like a, a sense of purpose, you know, they, they don't go a hundred percent the whole way. Like there's usually a little lull where it's just kind of like you're hearing, um, some more run of the mill stuff. And th- this album definitely, definitely does that. But, uh, I, I still think this is probably my second favorite Beck album. I think that on this podcast, we've talked about my two favorite Beck albums. Hmm. It's funny how that you say that it goes into a lull for that stretch between, you said between, um, Hollywood freaks and the closer Deborah, right? Yeah, I think um, is it uh yeah, there there might be one more song after that that's like a kind of like a 70s jam, but I my favorite song was Beautiful Way, track uh-huh. nine. It wow. It um reminded me of Jackass. Like it kind of but like yeah. like no sampling, like but it like had that kind of like 60s like psych um kind of sound to it. And I I uh-huh. that was like that was where it got me. I, I really, really liked that song. Um, yeah, I think I just, I, I think, I think I'm, I'm, I'm realizing I, you know, I liked, um, Odelay, uh, in my recent, like revisit in the last couple years, I, I, I ended up liking it more than I expected. But I think that I, I I think I like introspective and like sophisticated Beck more than fun and and funky Beck. Mm-hmm. Like I think I I do like the more singer songwritery, um, like mellow, um, like indie rock Beck more than yeah. than this. Yeah. The only thing that he's done that's been at all similar to this since then was, did you all listen to the Game Boy Variations EP when that came out? Oh, boy. No. <laughs> uh, it's It was good. Really? It was, um yeah. It was mixes of four songs that ended up later coming out on Wera. I, I, my, my Spanish pronunciation oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. is going to be terrible. But I found that that album ended up being really boring. Yeah. I know that a lot of the singles ended up being pretty successful, but in their initial versions, they were, yeah, they were basically like these 8-bit dance jams that um, uh, I, I remember liking a lot. I, I don't know. I haven't listened to them since, but they were kind of funny, and they just had, I don't know, they really popped in a way that I found the... Um, the official album versions didn't there was at least but i confess i have not listened to the information or yeah. like there are quite a few that i that are very much beck hansen the real person that i i wasn't very interested in there was at least one song from the album colors that we talked about over text yeah and i can't remember what it was 
But I remember like you being like, oh, there's something interesting happening here. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I can't even tell you what song it is. It was probably whatever <laughs> yeah. single it was. Maybe Dear Life. It was called Wow. Okay. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, there's something happening here. But it's, it's nothing like the, the free association stuff that he was doing before. It's mm-hmm. very regimented and very neutered <laughs> and I did you know Morning Phase uh, aka Sea Change Part 2 had the single uh, Blue Moon which I thought was good for what it was um, I didn't have any interest in Modern Guilt the information totally over my head uh, Guero no like I, I mean like this is the last time he was fun in 1999 after this like his next album was sea change and it just became you know he put his he put his fedora on (laughs) and never took it off so in fact the starbucks yeah yeah totally (laughs) i saw a video of him playing snl playing uh clap hands from maybe cuero or something after that and it was like that was his like quirky pop song and it was not anything remarkable um i just uh, yeah it's such a shame that he like went from i mean you think about him in the early 90s and like lyrically like nobody was doing the things that he was doing it was so weird and strange and like he was he was really incorporating um things that I guess nobody else was. He was just coming up with things off the top of his head and assembling it. And it worked really well as like almost poetry. And um, it just completely went away. And um, it's a total shame because I think, I mean, even on like the indie albums and stuff like that, like uh, One Foot in the Grave, like there was some really weird things that he was singing about that you would just be like, Oh, this is nonsense. But if you like, if you're open to it, you could, it's easier to, to appreciate. Mm -hmm. And, um, I love that stuff. And, uh, the more he sort of like became normalized, it just, (laughs) it, I just, I'm, I'm, I stepped off the, the bus. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the song that we liked on Colors was not Wow. It was called Dear Life. Okay. Yeah. Um, is that the album that Pharrell did with him? No, that was after oh. that. I think that was Hyperspace. Okay. I'm not familiar with that. Um, Me neither. <laughs> same. <laughs> yeah. I, I, the, the last thing that I'll say is uh, if you get a chance to see Beck play live, he does a totally unbelievable satisfying thrilling review of everything that he can do um i have not seen him since pitchfork 2014 but it was great i like was not enthusiastic about it i was kind of like okay beck yeah you know it's been a while since i was excited about beck it came on and they opened with devil's haircut and they went like heavy on it like (laughs) 
the it was like it was like Dan Snaith from Caribou was playing drums and like the show just <laughs> never stopped from there. Everything that you like like about Beck, you got to see a, like quite a bit of it. And he was being just as much of the showman, Trav, as you saw, you know, in those 1999, 2000 live performances. Like um, it might not feel like an urgent thing to like, you know, to go see Beck in 2022, but um, I, I'll be on the lookout to, to see him again because that was, that show was really great. Cool. That's fun. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that he played a pitchfork fest. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It was a really good sampling of, of everything. Okay. Cool. Um, so we can kind of go in depth on the charts because we are beyond the purview of our regular season show. Uh, we, we are, are fairly confident that we are never going to go past year 2000. So this is a rare glimpse into the dying world of 2000 alternative radio. <laughs> Um, modern rock number one is Other Side by Red Hot Chili Peppers. What do you think? Other Side by whom? Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is it, so Other Side, one word. Other Side, one word. <laughs> by Red it's Chili just, Peppers. man, they're on a, they're on another level. That's incredible. This song's boring. Yeah, I think I thought it was really cool when I was younger. You did? I did. I was into I li- it. I liked it was like an tissue. A minor F <laughs> back and album. forth kind of thing where it was like this moody, uh, ooh, hinting, su- suggestive yeah. of emo kind of thing. Yeah. It was a cool <laughs> drum beat. Um, yeah, yeah. I was like, uh, this might be a good Chili Peppers song, especially mm-hmm. when they were like reinventing themselves around Californication. Which I'll save my thoughts on for our scar tissue. Al- oh uh, shit, we episode. do. We do oh. a scar tissue episode. Oh huh? yeah. Oh, <laughs> I I liked scar tissue when I was a okay. kid. So <laughs> yeah, I think this is very much the the birth of the of the boring Red Hot Chili Peppers yeah. that we that we experience so frequently today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mainstream rock number one, Stiff Upper Lip by ACDC. What? This is insane because, okay, <laughs> is that from the... <laughs> I was perplexed by this. <laughs> is this from the album Ball Breaker? Um, this is from the album Stiff Upper Lip. What? <laughs> the, f- the 14th studio album by ACDC. Sounds it's good. Released in 2000. Yeah. Okay, I'm getting it all mixed up. I'm getting Ball Breaker and Stiff Upper Lip mixed up. You're getting ACDC songs mixed up? <laughs> this is a real... I, can we cut this? I'm really... I'm humiliated. Um, I remember Stiff Upper Lip, and I think I remember it being like, oh, boy, this sucks. Um, I don't know. It's ACDC. It's probably cool. <laughs> 
I, I remember listening to it on the radio, and uh, I would love nothing more right now than to hear Stiff Upper Lip. Well, well, here's a clip. <laughs> yeah, here you go. Live on the podcast. <laughs> well, I was out on a drive on a bit of a trip. Looking for thrills to give me some kicks. Now I want you ladies. I shoot from the hip. I was born with a stiff, stiff upper lip. Like a down Wow, that um, rocked. <laughs> <laughs> Pop number one is the song Amazed by Lone Star. Whew. Really sorry, listeners. <laughs> I, I mean, I have no fucking clue what this is. Don't? What Looking is, up the... Is oh Lone my God, Star, are, that are they was a Christian band? Ubiquitous. No, it was country. It was like oh. country pop. I'm it was looking it was at the everywhere. music video and seeing that like... David Hasselhoff's like ugly cousin is the front <laughs> person in this band. Amazed. I'm not gonna defend it, but this oh, is this uh, everything that you do? Is that no? Yeah, it is. Keep going. No. I, I don't know. I'm keep so going. In love with you. Uh, yeah, keep going. I'm not sure. Uh -huh. That might be it. That's close. That seems uh, familiar. Um, um, baby, I'm amazed by you. There it is. <laughs> Yeah, okay. that's that's it. You got it. That's a great song. It's not a great song, um, but it was everywhere. And then it like died. That's a crazy thing that it was like, I'm going to end up hearing this song for the rest of my life. <laughs> and then it just like I, I haven't heard it in 20 years, but I heard it probably a, a lifetime's worth uh, when it was popular. I don't know. Very weird. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm sure I heard it constantly. Um, okay. Well, that's Lone Star. Yeah, I, I was clueless. Clueless on, on... Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, perhaps I would recognize it if I heard it, you know. God, there's so much. There's so much on this that's just... Yeah, I, I wouldn't even say good, but like interesting. You're talking about the modern rock <laughs> chart. Yeah, let's just go. Let's interesting. Just go, let's just go down. Skip the ones that were. I said it was interesting. Um, skip, skip the ones. Where, so all the small things we'll skip. Yeah. Never let you go by Third Eye Blind from Blue at number yeah. four. Yeah. I know we're we're threebs threeb fans. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh kind of boring anything is like the yeah, it's not the great. jam you did you guys didn't like never let me go at all i did when i was I, younger i did I not like it then i like it a little bit better now okay but i mostly just tolerate it it's been a long time since i've heard it so i, I couldn't tell you what i think about it now but i i, I loved it um mm -hmm. it was like a little bit disappointing after anything um but I, I liked it. I definitely liked it back then. Um, yeah. Dumb, dumb pop rock song. Like just really dumb and catchy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've learned to embrace that more than I did at the time. 
Uh, uh, Ex-Girlfriend by No Doubt was the disappointing single to me. I was very excited for that album, and I did not really like that song at all. I just didn't think it had any of the playfulness that um, Treasure Kingdom songs had. I can't remember it. That's off. at that's at number three. Yeah, I can't remember it off the top of my head. Yeah. Um. Miserable by Lit. <laughs> Dude, yeah. That was did you guys song. like the? Did you? Oh, did you like it? Yeah. You did. Okay. I had that album. I did, yeah. I did too. Emo chords. Emo chords. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I I had the album too. I'm assuming our introduction to them was. Uh, yeah. Well, what is the? Yeah, my own worst enemy. My own worst enemy. I was thinking Fat Lip, but Fat Lip was like fucking. Wait, I was doing some forty one. Yeah, I was doing Smashing Young Man. Sorry, different song. And then there was another single in between Ziploc. I really liked that song. Oh, and then I liked Miserable. I bought this album. Dude, I remember liking it. At the time it came out, yeah. like the album, like mm-hmm. start to finish mm-hmm. and just being like, oh, this is pretty good. I have yeah. no idea if it's good now. Yeah, I, I guess I'm. This song's got to be bad. Probably. Mis- miserable. Pro- probably. Yeah. I mean, first of all, when I liked it, I did. You I, make I, I, me I come. I you did make not understand complete. the wordplay and yeah. lyric. <laughs> yeah. You make me completely. That's, that's not great. Yeah, not good. I I would be kind of interested to check out the album for music's sake. For, yeah, me uh, too. For science, <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll check it out. <laughs> uh, yeah. Little Black Backpack by Stroke Nine was a song that I hated then. Oh, I liked I, it, I, and I hate now. Whoa, I I liked it. I don't know. I don't know what I would think about it now. Loved it then. Loved it now. <laughs> really? <laughs> yep. Beautiful. Too sing-songy, that uh, say why not, that thing in the little black backpack up smack on his back, turn around, Jack. Yeah. That whole thing. Yeah, like syncopation, uh, no, brother. Cut it, cut it out, man. <laughs> Sounds like I would hate it now, but I, I know I liked it when I was a kid. Uh, number at number. Um, Don't go too far. At num- I was just going to number 10. Nope. Too far. Okay. Okay. What's at number nine? Stand Inside Your Love by the Smashing Pumpkins from the album Machina. The Machines it, of God. Is it called Machina or is it called Machina? Uh, Machina. Okay. Yeah. I think it's just Machina. That song was um, awesome. I love that good. song. I love it. It's a it. little bit transparently after a door was not as big a success. It's a little bit transparently trying to recapture the tonight tonight. I thought it was magic. like uh, I thought it was like perfect part two. Okay. Oh damn! I should I should Wait, check it but out. But isn't try 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 kind of perfect part? Is it? Mm. Hang hang on. Perfect is 1979 part two. Yeah, so it's 1979 part three. Mm-hmm. I think try 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 is 1979 part three. That's but, fair, uh, but these are these are all good songs. Yeah, I I I'm, I, I like machine. Stand too. inside your love was was like I I didn't like adore. 
I love mm-hmm. uh, on the record as having, you know, stated my love for the Smashing Pumpkins. I didn't yes. like Adore at all. I didn't buy it. I've never owned it. I actually I own it now, but on principle. Um, but yeah, then Stand Inside Your Love came out, and I was like, whoa, this is this is it. And so I got it, and then. Um, you know, I think at the time, you know, I had the CD and I would play it and it opened with, um, what is it? Do, 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 the drop C really. You know, I'm not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Um, Everlasting gaze. Thank you. Um, I was always like, there's something. I mean, it's kind of catchy for being like a heavy song. Now I like love Machine. It's like my second favorite Pumpkins album, if not sometimes my first like I love Machina. Um so I don't know. Just a little plug there for that album. Yeah. Machina yeah. was a Final Fantasy X reference, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Number ten? Number ten. Speaking of tens and Final Fantasies. Yeah. <sighs> Vertical Horizon? Uh-huh. Everything you want? Yeah. Does this song I feel fucking blow or is it a secret banger? This was a song that I spent eight hours downloading on my Napster and uh, playing on Winamp. I had like oh. eight songs on the whole like Winamp uh, Amazing. In, in 2000. And this was one of them. And I was like, this song is awesome. I will end listen, listen away. And now, no. Yeah. It's not, it's not good. But at the the time, the chorus is catchy. The chorus is catchy. Chorus is. I don't, I don't hate it, but I'm not going to be like, this is great. Do I need to hear it? No. Will I add it to any uh, nostalgic playlist? Never. But I don't know. If I hear it on in the background, I'm not going to pull out my (laughs) eyeballs or anything like that. This album. One of my first serious relationships when I was a freshman in high school, uh, this girl was a little more aggressive than I was, and I was a good Christian boy. And uh, I went over to her house, and the first time that I like like made out, made out, she put this album on, and it must have just played like two or three times in its entirety while we just like sat and stuck our tongues in each other's mouths and it like wasn't necessarily something that I like I wasn't very into this girl and I kind of felt like obligatory and it wasn't particularly fun and then in an early this end up show this is the one of the earlier versions of bands that I was in there's a ballad on this Vertical Horizon album, and I sang it to her. We paused the show for me to sing a Vertical Horizon ballad that we had listened to while making out. And I like, I was like, not 
very enthusiastic about any of this. And I, I, I did all of this stuff when I was like 14 or 15 years old. Why? So I feel like, what? I feel like physically ill yeah. thinking about the vertical oh horizon. God. That you makes know. sense. <laughs> Why would... You didn't have to say that. <laughs> you know, that's true. I've said other nasty things about this girl on this podcast before. <laughs> I was talking about for your own dignity. I didn't. <laughs> hey, man. It's a bad reminder I love of a time it. in Thank my you. life Thank when I, so I, didn't, I didn't know how to say no yeah, I, to things. So we did. Well, okay. We come here and then and then get this. My friend Scott Wiedemeyer, uh, who played saxophone in our band, because of course when we weren't playing this Vertical Horizon cover, we were playing ska songs and stuff like that. He 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 was like one of the nicest people that I know still to this day. Total sweetheart. He he came up to me after the show and said, "My parents thought that was pretty lame." <laughs> Wow. <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> no, I don't think it was pretty I think it was pretty innocent. <laughs> We've got 30 more songs to cover. Hold we should, on, we hold should have ended with hold that. On, hold on. <laughs> Al, why did you uh, we, we come to this podcast as ourselves. We present ourselves in, in, in its entirety. I love that you admitted this. Why did you sing the song? I think I was probably trying to be sweet mm-hmm. and like I thought that that was like this is like uh this is like a gallant thing that uh that a, a chivalrous person a chivalrous musician does. I think that mm-hmm. I was really anxious to be in a situation where I would do that and mean it. I think that that was like a like a uh probably a fantasy that came from the media in some form was the idea of like being a rock star and like dedicating a song to the, mm. the woman that you love from the stage. Um, and to be fair, like we were talking about in, in an episode or two ago, once I started listening to hum, I mean, that was all I did. Mm-hmm. I just wrote songs about girls constantly and, and, that was that that was like the mode of like music making for me for a long time. It was almost like music was like inseparable from like romancing someone. Yeah. Was the song that you performed for her You're a God? <laughs> oh, Jesus. No. It may have even been a song that was like actually like a, a breakup song. Oh. Um, oh. Uh, the plot thickens like, without me realizing. Well, okay, um, no one cares about this, but uh, <laughs> the song was uh, "Best I Ever Had." In parentheses, "Gray Sky Morning." Sounds mm. good. Okay. It was a single later on. Okay. Amazing. Sounds great. We just yeah, Phil Phil Dokus is eating this up. He's <laughs> one, the one listener has not pushed the forward fifteen second button. Hey man, we just actually he dated her after I. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! What song did he sing to her? Uh, he didn't sing anything to her, but I think he put some um, some promise ring songs maybe on a Ooh. mix for her. Oh. He was a little more we, that we were a little more evolved by that point. Yeah. 
wow, this is a groundbreaking conversation <laughs> on this yeah. podcast. Very interesting to casual listeners. <laughs> All right, let's Love try it. to rein this in, and it, let's try not to go too far over an hour. I mean, uh, no, what else no. do you see? Oh, well, I want to move it on to number 11. <laughs> <laughs> Take a picture by Filter. One at a time, baby. I fucking uh-huh. love that song. I know, Travis, why? you hate it. I don't hate Al, it. I'm just like, come on. Al, where are you at with Take a Picture by Filter? It's it's good. Oh, man. It's like, now that is a, this is a secret slash fake emo song. Yeah, emo yeah, yeah, chords. very much so. Oh, no, yeah. No. Yes, no. Travis. There's no minor chords. There's not a single minor chord in the song. This is a yeah, soft that ass. I won't remember. Soft that I won't remember. Song. Harmony is very bittersweet. A soft fake there's a, emo there's song. A deeply, yeah. Did you say? There's a deeply Too sad. Uh, Too soft. There's a deeply sad feeling to that chorus. Uh despite it being yeah. uh, alcoholism. I love the chord yeah. progression in the chorus. I really do. I think it's a really good chorus. Uh, the chorus. I think the third chord of the chorus is minor. I, I've I've gradually come to like it a little bit more um, than I did. You texted me what eight years ago at a bar. I probably ran like I heard it for the first time in years. Yeah, at this bar, and I was in just the like, middle of the Holy night, and you were like, fuck. "Oh my god, take a picture by filters, awesome!" And I was like, <laughs> "Get the fuck out of here, <laughs> go to bed, you're drunk," and I um. I probably yeah. was. It's taken me. A, I know, but I probably <laughs> was too. Uh, it uh, it's taken me a long time, and I'm like, it's just been a very slow burn since then to be like, okay, maybe, well, maybe. And it really is like I'm 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 very very gradually coming around to it. I would not change the channel if it came on the radio. Mm-hmm. That's all I, I ask. I believe. For. I believe I've said this before, uh, but essential factoid, uh, the guy from Filter, his brother was an actor who played the T-1000 in Terminator 2. Oh, fuck. Amazing. Yeah. Okay, I I only have one more song that I, what? I wanted whole, to talk about. What? The whole about. list? Oh, well, that I have to talk about. Is it number 12? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's number 38. It's a song called Home by a band called <laughs> Stained. Oh, boy. Uh-huh. Yeah. The song yeah. sounds like Hum. It's Same. very good. song it is the only song by the band stained that is good it's good it's a good uh, melodic new metal song that sounds like hum it's so cool that's all i got okay. who I'm introduced good. you to the song i think well the radio back when i was a kid Stop. but you reintroduced it you okay. did you put and, how what oh it was where? we were and we were where? driving we were driving home from chicago exactly yeah Every... that's right Every damn time I am on Lakeshore Drive, 
I think about home by stains <laughs> every single time. Wow. Was it, Trev, was it that we were just listening to? No, we it, were listening to music and I was like, hey, you want to hear a cool song? Oh, shit. <laughs> it was it was just that. I was like, hey, I think like this is like kind of cool. Like I bought this. <laughs> I bought the album from Kmart when it came out because I okay. heard this song on the radio and I was like, this is like this is like a this is like kind of a, a slow core emo song. And um, I was like, I don't know. Like they, they spell their name terribly, but um, I might like it. And so I, I, I bought it. And uh, it was, and it was just definitely new metal. The, yes, totally. <laughs> it was the only good song. Yeah. Uh, and everything else was garbage. But um, I don't know. I had to take a shot. And uh, yeah, it's good. Wow. And you probably played. Okay. So that was like 2012, probably. Yeah. What made you think to play that song for me then? I don't know. I mean, you we know, were. We, we, you know, when we when we go on these drives from oh, Michigan like to Chicago, it's like all these things are coming to mind yeah. and things like that. And I, whatever, and, and one we thing were, leads to another. And it we were listening. Out. We were probably pretty heavily in Chicago the, and like, Hum and like yeah, like kind of the revival of uh, emo e yeah. rock and stuff that yeah. was happening at the time. And yeah, no, that makes sense. But yeah, no, I fully recognize that you were the one who kind of pointed out to me that. So you're you're still with me. It's a good song. Yeah, man, yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. There's last thing. No, go ahead. Al. Go ahead, Quill. Uh, no, I'm last done. thing that I'll, that I'll point out on the charts is um, not only how much terrible music there is, but how yeah. homogenous it is. There are two Limp Biscuit songs in the top 40, two Creed songs, two Corn songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, did I already say two Rage Against the Machine songs? No. Even though I like I, I like Rage Against the Machine fine. Two Foo um, Fighters, two Foo Fighters songs. Two Foo Fighters songs. Um, yeah. Jesus, that's like 12 of the songs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't. sometimes I don't mind by the Suicide Machines. I liked that song. I didn't. I didn't like that song until this, like five years ago. This it's about feel, his dog, Quill. It is. It's a Jingle <laughs> Pop song. It's really good. This feels That's like a, a weird purgatory because it was also right before I went to college. This was March 2000. In September 2000, I had uh, uh, high-speed internet so I could go to college and get you know, have Napster and download absolutely everything that I wanted. And so this was a weird thing where I was like, I would still have to like buy CDs, but like I could also maybe download things. If I really loved a song, I could spend an afternoon downloading it. Um, but you couldn't do it for a full album. And, you know, I was really heavily into emo at this point, but in 2000, it was, you know, it, it wasn't 97 or 98 when it was really like clicking. It had evolved into something that was sort of different. So I felt, I just felt like I was like on an island and I didn't have a, a home. So I was welcoming anything. A home by stained. A home by stained. <laughs> so there were, there were a lot of things here that I, that I'm open to and I just didn't, I didn't know what. 
I was I I didn't know who I was, you know. So we've got, you know, the, the songs we've mentioned, but also like Pardon Me by Incubus is here. That mm-hmm. was great. Um, Go Let It Out by Oasis. Sure. Cool. That's um, a very good song. Learn to Fly. I pretty much always hated, but Stacked mm-hmm. Actors by Foo Fighters. I was into. Cool. I had the album. Mm-hmm. I, I played it a bunch. Um, I... Uh, I don't know if I dabbled in Creed. I, you know, it, Creed wasn't, Creed was inevitable. Like you just had to face it. I don't think I loved it after my own prison, mm-hmm. but, um, gosh, yeah. Sleep now in the fire was awesome. Um, God was voodoo. No, something that I was interested in. <laughs> I sh- I think I think it Voodoo, was, Voodoo was something I, had that album. I might have oh. been interested in initially and was like, no, this sucks. And now I'm kind of like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you think Voodoo's fun? Do you think that by it God sounds like Alice in Chains? Yeah, totally. Oh my God, totally. <laughs> God it's it's called it. by a band called Godsmack, which is one of the titles for yeah. Dirt. <laughs> Yeah, like it's definitely a, an Alice in Chains. Yeah, ripoff. shit. I but should go back and listen to that song. If you put on <laughs> if you put on Voodoo and you're like ready to be silly, it's kind of fun. I'm just Mac would be would be high on my list of bad bands from this time period. Yeah, yeah, for, for can't for argue sure. that. Whatever, and uh, and uh, Moon Baby, you remember that one? Mm-hmm. I don't. I just I, okay. I don't. Voodoo is the I only one that I remember. <clears throat> yeah, and I mean, uh, I guess uh, lastly, we've we've got Great Beyond from REM, which was a really great song from the Man on the Moon soundtrack about uh, Andy Kaufman. Um, mm-hmm. That's legitimately good. Not as good as Voodoo, but it, you know, it's <laughs> I think we about covered it. I think so. All right. Let's rate mixed business starting with Quill. I'm not starting. I started last time. <laughs> no, I didn't. Uh, I'll give mixed business. Um, 2.5 homes. Yikes! Okay, how many? I give it four. Two point five. Hello. Okay. It's just I I just like it's nothing to me. I'm not mad. It's It's fine. It's it's uh yeah mediocre. Uh, I I like it once again, kind of like Tropicalia. I like it more as a representative of the album than maybe as the thing itself. I'll give it a solid four hot milks. Mm -hmm. That's good. Um. Yeah. Um. You know, I I don't love it. I, I mean, like, I, I'm not ready to die for it, but it, it, it's great, and I really do like it. So I'll give it 4.25 ones who's so far away when I feel the snake bite enter my veins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, we determined that Beck is not a Nirvana wannabe correct. last time. Uh, so we'll wrap things up. 
Tell me all your thoughts on Pod as part of the Off Shelf family. Head to offshelf.net to sign up for their monthly zine. Uh, try to hang out with us on Facebook. Our Facebook group is called Tell Me All Your Thoughts on Tell Me All Your Thoughts on Pod. Uh, people sharing their insights, sharing videos, um, talking memories, uh, funny memes, things like that. Uh, you can email us at thoughtsonpod at gmail.com and we'll check it uh, sometime. <laughs> sometime. It's been a minute. Uh, but yes. Listen along with our playlist on Spotify or Apple Music, or you can watch all the music videos on a playlist we made on YouTube. And uh, we'll get back to our regular season relatively soon. No promises about when exactly. <laughs> this is the penultimate uh, season of our, at least our regular programming 1998 and then 1999 will be our, our final mm -hmm. right correct yeah. yeah unless we we come up with an, an a way of prolonging this thing which is conceivable um uh 1998 starts with sex and candy by marcy playground we look forward to talking to you then bye Bye. Love you. Set it up now. Do you want to ride on the Baltic Sea? I'll be your mistress, COD. I'll comb your hair, rewrite your diary.